Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cascadia Corner, a Pacific Northwest college football podcast. Today, I am joined with my best friend, Zach. Go Blazers. And unfortunately, James. I don't want to respond to that, actually. Okay. Okay. Uh, everyone's favorite person, Matt, will not be here today. Um, he got caught up with work things and was just not able to make the episode this week. Um... So thank you as always, please give us five stars because we're so good at this and we love doing it. Um, follow us on the podcast account on Twitter at Cascadia underscore corner. I believe I don't even you know have it no at this point. Clue. I have no idea. <laughs> you know, you guys know who we are at this point. Um, okay, moving on. Um, kind of a fun week in the Cascadia corner. Um, we're going to start it off with a little bit of volleyball um, where the... Seventh ranked Cougs beat the sixth ranked Oregon um, at Oregon, I believe. Uh, they beat them 3-1 with a 6-0 run to win the fourth set. Uh, this was the Cougs' 13th straight win, and in that time, they have three top 10 wins. Um, I know nothing about college volleyball. I don't know why this is in the show notes and why I have to speak about it, but it looks like the Cougar volleyball team is on a fucking tear at this point, and I hope that they just win the national championship at this point. What's that? We love Cougs. I, I don't know who is ranked one through whatever, but Cougs should be one, and they Real. should just end the season now because Cougar volleyball is coming. Okay, on to bigger and better things. Um, we had three football games this past weekend. I will let James kind of give us the rundown on the Oregon game at Stanford. Yeah. So Oregon took their last trip down to the farm probably ever. I hope ever. I don't ever want to go back there. Uh, and after a slow start, <clears throat> uh, Oregon pulled away in dominating fashion. Um, I didn't have this open. I wasn't ready. I'm a bad podcaster. Uh, yeah, another solid day from Bo Nix, uh, 290 yards, four touchdowns, Bucky Irving, 88 yards, a touchdown, uh, Troy Franklin had seven receptions for 117 and two touchdowns, uh, everything you expected, um, I was watching this in a room full of people who wanted to see my downfall, so that first quarter was a little rough, but after that first quarter, uh, they absolutely dominated, uh, let me look at a bookmark I had right now. Uh, Parker Fleming does, did we really get beat that bad? Uh, and Oregon was on uh, pace with like A&M over Arkansas and Missouri over Vanderbilt. So other teams that blew them out, um, one of the most dominating wins of the year. And now we look ahead to the bye and then uh, Washington in two weeks. Yeah, so I was one of those people that was preying on James' downfall as this game was going, and <laughs> football is usually one in the first quarter, maybe quarter and a half. I've never seen a team come back from being down, so kudos to Oregon. Uh, way to come up, way to come back from adversity being down 6 something to Stanford. You guys really set the tone with this game. Um, as I said on the podcast last week, I totally predicted Oregon to just blow out Stanford. Uh, I thought they would win by 40, and I thought Jada Lamar would get touches, and I was correct on the touches, but not on the score. So Stanford did, like, a bunch of goofy shit in the first quarter. Stanford did not know how to <laughs> run a, like, 
I don't know what their offensive scheme is at this point. They, <laughs> they run like every formation. The and shit. <laughs> <laughs> they pulled out every single formation I've ever seen in a football game. It felt Steve like Stanford. Stanford knew their only hope was like just to do a bunch of weird stuff in the first quarter and go up twenty-one nothing and pray. And then it that was didn't working. Happen. It was working, and like credit to Oregon's defense for getting stops like in the red zone. I don't think or like other. Or I don't think Stanford went in the red zone. Other okay, once. okay, on Oregon's side of the field, like late in the drives, like they were able to hold them to field oh, goals. Yeah. Like if Stanford does the funny thing and score touchdowns on those drives. I don't think Oregon has the ch- – they have a chance to come back, but I do think it's a lot harder. <laughs> You're insane. Yeah, Josh Hardy hit a 46-yarder and a 51-yarder. So, yeah. yeah. Stanford wasn't in the red zone once in this game. Okay, it was like, they were close. <laughs> close to the red zone is crazy. Um, yeah. For Stanford, for, for Stanford going up against a talented team like Oregon, yeah, that is impressive for them. Yeah. Like – you look at the box score of this game and you're like, oh, Oregon like must have had two or three possessions in that first quarter where they didn't score. No. Sanford held the ball for like the first nine minutes of this game. Oregon goes three and out, and then they just get the ball right back. <laughs> like <laughs> uh but yeah, I, they settled uh, down. I, s- I stopped watching this game after the first quarter, so I saw all I needed to see. Stanford dominated Oregon in this game. Uh, no, uh, the only thing that was weird was the Ducks couldn't really run the ball that well, and that was kind of concerning at first. I mean, they got it going in the second half, but, like, on those first few drives, the Ducks just could not run the ball, which was really weird, because, like, Stanford's not known for having a good run defense, they're not going for having good anything besides a kicker, and, uh, that was a little concerning to me. Yeah, especially in that, like, first quarter. It was, like... Texas Tech flashbacks, but they figured it out. And now, like looking ahead, you can't have that versus UW. You got to come out with your best, your best foot forward. Um, yeah, that's really all I've got for this game. It was kind of whatever. Tez Johnson didn't have a catch, which was sad for Price Pick believers. Uh, and over forty-seven and a half. If I was told that. it was free. <laughs> I was told Mike Penix would have a touchdown versus Arizona, so I guess we both screwed each other over. Any more thoughts on this no. game? Zach is gone, but we'll continue. Oh, he's back. Zach. Zach left. Um, moving on to the other ducks. fucking cursed game of the week. Uh, Washington went down and played at Tucson uh, for, again, hopefully the last time in program history that we play <laughs> in the state of Arizona. Um, Huskies were kind of rolling early. They went up to a 21-10 lead at halftime, and, like, Arizona just couldn't stop them on offense. Um, they were able to, like, prevent the deep ball really well, and Mike Penix just, you know, checked down, threw a bunch of screens, just got the ball to his playmakers throughout this entire game and let them cook. Um, kind of felt like he just kind of took the night off. Um, a lot of, like, video, like, replayed, like, all 22 like Husky fans are posting it on the Twitter timeline right now. And it's like Mike had throws open 15, 20 yards downfield, but then would just throw it to like Dylan Johnson or another receiver at the line of scrimmage because there was no one within 10 miles of them at that yeah. point. So just take the, take what the defense will give you um, was kind of the story of this game. Um, Arizona kind of made it a game late. 
uh, Washington was able to like stop them with four and a half minutes left, and they got the ball back. And then for some reason, Ryan Grubb, while up fourteen <laughs> late in the fourth quarter, decided three straight pass plays was a good idea. Two went incomplete, and then Mike Pettix was sacked. So, like in the span of thirty seconds, we basically gave Arizona the ball back. I can um, tell you why that happened. Why did that happen? UW can't run the ball. But they were running the ball pretty well they all game long. They, they averaged 4.3 yards across the entire team. That's not they, were, they were running the ball pretty well compared to how they have been all year. Yeah, there was... light box. I'm not trying to start a fight. I'm so, just saying, like, this is... We have known this was going to be an issue with UW all season. Is that they... When they got up in games, they had the potential to let teams back in because of their inefficiency in running the ball. I don't feel like this is a surprise to anybody. Dylan Johnson, 5.7. Will Nixon, 4 off 2 carries. Tybo, 1 carry for 5 yards. Mike Penix, 2 attempts, negative 5 yards. Did uh, I get sacked in this game? He did. It was like the first real sack of the season. Um, the very early game. Yeah, kind of like on that drive that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, they kept running all the fly sweeps with Jeremy Bernard. Yeah. When he was just gassed, like they just spammed the Jeremy package the entire game, it felt like. So I feel like his just kind of touches, just dragged down the rest of the team. But Dylan Johnson going for 16 carries, 91 yards, 5.7, two touchdowns. I feel like if you just give him like seven more touches, this game's just completely put away in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. concerning. It's annoying. Did at um, the end of this game. We're a season and a half in, and Ryan Grubb refuses to commit to the run game as soon as it's going. Um, hopefully, they like just reset at the bye week and learn how to do it. Um, Zach, do you have any thoughts about this game? Yeah. Um, UW didn't play good. They kind of like slept walk through it, and they still won, which I think is fine. Road games, winning road games in the Pac-12 is difficult, and uh, I don't know. I was never worried about this game. Yeah. Even when, even when it was a seven-point game late, I never really thought that Arizona was gonna go and score. I was never concerned once. Um, uh, but yeah, I thought it was kind of weird how much Penix was checking down because looking like in game, you could see some of the guys were wide open that he would normally hit. Um, I don't know, maybe they're just, like, focusing on that more this week. But he was carving them up, so it worked. I, I don't know. There's nothing much to criticize on that. Um, the DBs kind of got cooked a little bit by Arizona's backup quarterback. But, once again, I don't know. It's it's one game. Washington just kind of didn't look like they were, like, up for it a little bit, which is fine. and. I thought that they won, so it doesn't can really I matter. Be a, can I be a total yards truther real quick? No. Oh God. For one second. Uh, Fafita yeah, had in, almost 40 attempts. In this house, attempts. we do advanced stats or no okay. <laughs> pick one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fafita, 40 attempts, 232 yards. Uh, I feel like the passing game was more in the linebackers in this game. Um, Arizona did exactly what Washington did and just kind of dinked and dunked and the linebackers weren't able to make plays on them. Um, we saw the Vince Nunley pick late in the game. That was nice to see. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't really put it on. Like, Jabbar was locked down all game. 
Thaddeus Dixon was shaky on the other side, and then like safety play was hit or miss throughout the game. But I feel like the holding them to that low yardage in such a high volume game kind of makes sense. Yeah, the lights were definitely a little bright for Noah out the <laughs> gate. He missed a few throws early, but once he got settled down, um, he was able to make some plays. It looked like he got a lot more comfortable as the game went on. I and also I want to see. Any other team hold Jacob Cowling and Ted McMillan to, like, less than 110 yeah. yards. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Like, we like, talked about it coming in. Like, if any team was going to be able to give UW trouble just because of their wide receiver talent, it was going to be Arizona. Um, at, Like, if Arizona has a sophomore at quarterback, I think this game could have been a lot more interesting or just a guy with a little bit more experience. But you get what you can get, and you get out with a W, and now – UW and Oregon have kind of ugly road losses that we don't want to look at. Road wins. Road or, wins. Right, yeah, road wins. Apologies. Um, I, just I wish say Oregon that... had an ugly road loss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that someone finally decided to like try to stop Penix from beating them over top. Like we saw that like Boise State and Tulsa like dared Penix to throw what he wants to throw all game. So it was fun to see. Penix beat a team a different way and like someone forced Penix to do uh, stuff a little bit different. Hashtag the, the not my Heisman. We saw long sustained drives out of this Washington yeah. team so they, I didn't think I would see the entire gear so I'm a little impressed by it. Yeah it was cool to see that they could like change the way that they play and still be really successful and not really miss a beat. Yeah. Anything else on this game? No, I don't want to talk about cursed-ass Arizona anymore. Um, good riddance. No. Enjoy the fucking Big 12. Now <laughs> now going on to the game of the week. Uh, Zach, why don't you talk to us about Oregon State's throttling of Utah at home? Um, this was probably the game of the year. No, this was, we said it last week, this game was going to be pretty uh, boring. It's going to be a defensive battle. Um, Oregon State jumped out to a 14, well, they got a 7-0 lead at halftime, then jumped out to a 21-0 lead. When it was like 14-0, we, we were saying that it's over, like, there's no way Utah Oregon State score. was running up the score. At that <laughs> I was, I was not joking yeah. when I tweeted that, though, that's the yeah. issue. Like, <laughs> um, for some reason, Utah, like, just seems completely unprepared at the quarterback position, even though they had all offseason to realize that um, Cam Rising wasn't going to be ready for the season. Now, I realize Brendan, uh, was it Brendan Rice or Brendan Rose? Brendan Rose, yeah. Rose, okay, yeah. He got hurt in fall camp, but, like, they still have other guys that they had a chance to get prepared for the year. And they just look completely unprepared. And the offense that Utah ran for, uh, oh, what's their, what's their quarterback's name? I just forgot it. Nate um, Johnson? Nate, Nate Johnson. Johnson, yeah. The offense they had for Nate Johnson, like, it was just so basic, and it didn't utilize anything that he's good at. Like, he's good when he gets out of the pocket. He's good at, like, uh, you know, the RPO-style plays. But they just had him, like, sit back there and watch as his not-very-good receivers get completely smothered, and he just gets hit after hit after hit, and he's running for his life. And it was just kind of, I don't know, sad to watch Nate Johnson just get picked apart in this game. 
Um, the Oregon State defense is known for having a good run-stopping defense. And so the Beavs took away the run right away, and it was just like them teeing off on Nate Johnson after that. And Utah had no response. Yeah, this game was honestly real ball. I absolutely love going this game. We'll talk to the environment uh, about the environment in a little bit. But yeah, Utah was just able to force Nate Johnson and this Utah offense to win the game. Like, look, if you're going to beat us, throw the ball down the field, challenge our secondary. Uh, And Utah just could not do it. And at that point, this game was over. Uh, Damian Martinez had a big game. Silas Bolden, RB1. I've seen enough. (laughs) Um, uh, DJ had a good game. Uh, he did throw that one pick, but like, honestly, like one pick is better than four picks at this point. If you're an Oregon <laughs> State fan, so like you're okay with that. I do want to see him in the run game more. Um, he had six carries. I'd like to see him honestly get like twelve a game, like twelve design carries a game. I think would honestly uh, expand this offense a lot. Yeah, and then defensively, like uh, Zach said. There's just nothing you could do. I think there's a deeper conversation if you want to talk about Utah and the issues that they're facing. But this defense at home, when you can't extend the ball down the field, is a nightmare. Like, if they can just stack the box and make your life hell, uh, it's going to be a really long day. Yeah, I don't have much to add. Um, Borgard say, you know, basically kick their ass from the start to finish. Uh, at no point did I think Utah had a shot in this game, especially with their quarterback play. Uh, they tried benching Nate Johnson, like, in the third quarter, and then turned out Bryson Barnes just, like, got hurt on the play. Um, so they had to bring him back in. Um, we yeah, got to see Aiden Childs this game. I was we so got to see Aiden Childs. <laughs> like, we all we all thought that DJU just, like, got benched in the stadium, and we were freaking out, immediately grabbed our phones to see what's going on, and then apparently it was just, like, planned all along. Like, Smitty is such a troll that he's like, yeah, I'm just going to throw my backup quarterback against Utah at this point. We saw the milking, the milking clock gif in real life. <laughs> it was such a special moment. God, the milking the clock gesture that Jonathan Smith made was... I think the greatest moment I've ever seen out of Jonathan Smith at this point. The yeah. one thing offensively takeaway I took is uh, that like Utah is really good at stopping the run, and they did a pretty impressive job at um, standing up to Oregon State. I mean, Oregon State still got yards, but they forced DJU to pass the ball, and he wasn't perfect, and he wasn't great, but he got the job done. And that was really relieving to see because, like, last year, that's not happening. Like, last year, this game was probably 7 nothing with the quarterback play that we had. Um, and it was just cool to see DJ be able to throw the ball down. He feel pretty effectively. Although he just could not hit a pass under 10 yards. Yeah, it was, which was so weird. He was dotting him up, like, 30 or 40-yard passes, and then five yards to the tight end was like way over his head or something but anyways it was a good game for the Beavs and a top 10 matchup uh, another top 10 win at home yeah this Reacher's... was technically an upset like ranking wise but uh Oregon State was three point favorites so Vegas basically saw them evenly matched at no point did this game like feel like an upset like Oregon State you know was gonna have to get like a, a 
random like freak play to like get a hand up on the better team. Like Oregon State dominated this game end to end. Even if the score, I wish this game ended seven nothing. That would have made me so fucking happy. <laughs> I wanted a two zero beats win. <laughs> um, do you got anything else on this one? No, I think we should paint our picture of Research Stadium and the week I that we just had. so I was thinking about this. I was like, why is Reser such a scary environment? Because if you've ever been to research, it's not the biggest stadium. I wouldn't say it's the loudest, but I have a theory. There were about, I don't know, what does the ESPN page say? Sorry, I'm fumbling. Probably close back. to like 28,000-ish. There were, yeah. Maybe 30. Uh, 37,000. There enough. were maybe 200 Utah fans at this game. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. And we were wait- so my theory is like, because... Corvallis is such a pain in the ass to get to. If you don't know, you have two options. You can either fly to Eugene, which is hard to get to because, like, not very many places do direct flights and then drive 45 minutes. Or you can fly to Portland and take some random ass highway. It's Interstate <laughs> I-5. 5. I-5 is not a random ass freeway. What are you talking no, about? No, the highway. <laughs> you can't take the freeway to Corvallis. You take the freeway most of the way, then you get not off most of the way. You're, no, you're, yeah. you're not. It's hold on. Literally most you of have the to way. get off it, though. You have to get off it. <laughs> yeah, we are not on I-5. You have to get Do you off think of every college football stadium <laughs> is right off the freeway? Is yes. that how you picture it? Will you let me prove my point? <laughs> Anyways, it's a pain in the ass to get to. So the the fact that nobody ever has their away fans there with them like breaks the mental. <laughs> Small sure. little freeway that goes from Canada down to California. <laughs> Is that really what you just said? It's shut up. It's not like a freeway exit. Like you have to get onto another highway and then drive for like another forty five minutes. So. So, James, the drunk idiot that he is, uh, was obviously not paying attention during our drive. Uh, I was take filling I-5, the trash hole. You, t- you take I-5, and then you take a little, like, highway. And the highway isn't the issue. It's the amount of traffic on the highway. So if they just... Maybe build, that's like, why it feels worse than it is. <laughs> Maybe you just take, like, one more lane, then you're fine. <laughs> we need one more lane. One more lane. Um, anyway, I'm gonna paint a little scene real quick. So imagine three drunk idiots plus Matt <laughs> driving in a car <laughs> down to Corvegas. Uh, we pass by a train, and one drunk idiot says, "If I could eat metal, I could eat a train car <laughs> an entire year." <laughs> and then it turned into an hour and a half debate on whether or not a this drunk idiot could eat metal. <laughs> And whether or not he could eat an entire 200,000 pound trade car in a year. <laughs> if I meal plan it, I could do it. <laughs> anyway, uh, there's going to be a poll going up at some point this week wanting to know if James could eat an entire trade car if he could eat and process metal out of his body. We're going to let you guys vote and decide. They're going to say yes. No, they're, they're not. No, they are absolutely not. Um, anyway, Reeser is fucking electric, and it easily moved up to my second favorite, like, stadium and environment in the Pac-12 at this point. Um, over Martin Stadium, by the way. The Cougs are electric. Yeah. I had a lot more fun at Reeser, and, like, maybe it's just because I've only gone gone to Apple Cups, but, like, objectively looking at it, I think Reeser's, like, a 
much more fun environment than Reeser being all seat backs is so elite. Yeah, it's really so much. elite. It's worth like the extra like I don't know how many thousand seats they would lose if they just did benches. It is so worth it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zach, you have anything you'd add? I just want to say it was fun having you guys there. Um it made the experience a lot more enjoyable. Uh, Reeser on a big night like that is always really, really fun. The students always have been bringing it. And, I don't know, the, where the student section is is, like, really unique for all of college football. Because usually they just, like, put the students in the corner of a stadium. And at Reeser, the students are, like, in the premium seating right behind the players from, like, row 1 yeah. to 10. And they always bring all the energy. That's super common and, in, uh, like, FCS, but it is super rare for, like, Power 5 ball. Yeah, it was just a lot of fun. Um, it, was, it was, I'm just glad that you guys got to experience Reeser with an environment like that. We rushed the field. Um, yeah, we got to rush the field, which, I mean, we t- we do it almost every week, but it was like a real rushing the field. Should have taken a pylon. We should have taken the pylon. I mean, as a joke, if anybody's yeah, yeah listening. Yeah, we would but... never do anything wrong. We tried to find Benny G, but we lost him in the scrum of it all. But it was just a, a great atmosphere. Yeah. And it was cool that you guys were able to experience it. I mean, like last year against USC... The half that stadium had Caleb Williams rattled, so I can't imagine what it was like for the uh, Utah fans this year. I was kind of disappointed with players. the side. It was only like eighty percent full. I think people are there. They're just like in the yeah standing. I hope all fourteen Utah fans that showed up had a very safe travel home. No, I don't. Anyway, um, I think it's time to move on. Um, we need to announce our new DeBozo of the Week. As you guys know, we award the DeBozo of the Week to the biggest idiot in the Cascadia Corner Realm. And this Be week, nice. it is going to James. Be nice. James this week did two things. One, he told us that he could eat metal and that he could if eat a I trade could car. Eat metal. <laughs> and the next thing is he picked Arizona to beat Washington. So, congrats, James. Bozo of the week. Very well deserved. The cats Zach. almost did it. Bozo. <laughs> the cats did not almost do it. This was the not, cats almost did it. This was not a tech game. No, 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 no. This was nothing like the tech game where, like, Texas Tech led at some point in that game and they kind of blew it and then they had a chance. If Arizona didn't have a quarterback. We get that game done, dude. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm so sure. Um, Zach, go ahead and give us a fantasy update. So this is where I have some bad news for all these Zach fans out there. Uh, <laughs> I had quite possibly the worst week imaginable. I had a total of eight points this week. Um, and it's not my fault. It's kind of my fault. Uh, Cam Ward was off. Dylan Morris, for some reason, got benched. Um, <laughs> Slippington Tough. is hurt. And Tez Johnson didn't get a catch. And also, Jalen McMillan is hurt. I had a total of eight points this week, moving me deep into last place. Uh, Dewey is in third with 503 points. Bang. Uh, We have a new leader, though. Matt has finally been overtaken by James. So James is now leading uh, our fantasy league, beating me by almost 200 points with 654 
Yeah, I had a massive Jeremy Bernard day. And Jordan James. I just want to add in... I just want to add in that I had the best uh, week out of all of us with 89 points. And my team is going to slowly catch up and beat y'all's by the end of the season. I don't believe I you. think that the, we need to see more Dylan Morris. If Bonix keeps getting benched in the third quarter, that's not happening. Alright, you guys want to talk about the... Okay. James randomly put this like mid-season report card thing no, and then didn't, didn't explain it. Talk. So I did explain it before this. I didn't. I I don't listen to you. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, do you want to go ahead and give your mid-season grades for all the teams, and we'll see if Zach and I agree with you? Oh, okay. So I'm gonna do everybody, and then you're gonna. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it like okay. that. All right, that works for me. Uh, so our first team is Wazoo. Uh, they have their first midterm coming up. It is school season. Midterms are happening. So their first midterm, I would argue, would be at UCLA. You could argue it was at Oregon State, but uh, this is their first true road test. Uh, And then my overall grade, so this is based on kind of our expectations going into the season. I feel like I have to give them an A+. Um, There was, going into the season, you could see a path where they would be at this point, but the way they have won and the fact that they have actually done it, I think it's pretty easy to say that this is as good of a season as you could have ever imagined Wazoo having up to this point. I agree. Yeah. Um, I think they're blowing out a lot of people's expectations right now. Um, not ours. Some, we knew, we've been new. Not ours. We knew, we knew this team was special and we knew this team wouldn't only win three games. Uh, yeah. Wazoo. It, Wazoo has a chance. Like if they win the rest of the games that they are supposed to, and they steal one from at UCLA, at Oregon, at UW, if they could just steal one of those road games, they have a chance to finish 10-2 at this point. And if they steal two, we're talking about playoff Coug, yeah, unironically. T- yes, unironically, we're talking about New Year's Six slash playoff Coug at this point. What do you so think? So for me, this uh, grade is, is terrible. I expected the Cougs to be this, so I'm going to give the Cougs a C because this is exactly what I expected from them. <laughs> I expected them to be dominant in this Zach's, fashion. Zach's a tough grader. I am You're getting a, a horrible uh, grade on Rate My Professor, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I am a uh, Ben Arbuckle truther. So, like, I, I knew the offense was going to be this good. I knew Cam Ward was going to figure it out. And uh, I just want to see him prove it to me on the road. Yeah. Yeah. I think if they beat UCLA on the road, we're having an insane conversation about this team. Uh, up next, we have Oregon State, who kind of lacks a mid-season, a big uh, midterm this season. You could argue, like we did, it was at Wazoo, but given what we know Wazoo is now, and that the fact the fact that that game uh is kind of they, Oregon State's only test, they just kind of played a top ten team. Yeah, I guess they beat Utah at home, but I just like don't view Utah that highly. So like, I don't. I guess that's my fault though. Get ready to learn Salt Lake City, Bubba. <laughs> um, so yeah, you could argue it was Utah. You could argue it was Wazoo. You could argue not tell Oregon at the end of the season or Washington at home. Uh, overall in their grade, I think I would give them a B plus up until this point. Uh, the Wazoo loss sucks for kind of like we were how we were talking about them at the start of the season that they had the chance to start eleven and zero with the schedule they had. 
They scheduled with San Diego State a little bit at home. DJU hasn't – he has undoubtedly been an upgrade at quarterback. I think maybe the ceiling we were hoping for him hasn't quite been there yet this season. So, yeah, I'm going to give them a B-plus on the year. I think you and I are close. I would say kind of more the B-minus route mm-hmm. with this team right now. Um, they lack – outside of Damian Martinez and like apparently Silas Bolden, they lack any playmakers Yeah, on that offense. Um, you know, DJ is good, but like relative to Oregon state, if that makes sense. So like he's doing yeah. exactly what they need him to and nothing. He's more. not throwing four interceptions in a game. Yeah. Which is no, like... which is again, bars and fucking hell for the quarterback play. The Bees have had over the last few years. So like, again, like he's good for what the beefs need right Mm -hmm. now um you know they going to pullman like that game was always going to be hard for them to win um they kind of made it a game however again we expected them to be you know rolling into the uw oregon games um yeah and i see i see a lot of flaws with this team um you know if you can shut down damien martinez then you're shutting down the entire offense at that point yeah what about you zach yeah I'd, i'd say probably a b um it's been kind of interesting. The defense hasn't been as good as I want it to be and I th- as I think it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still trying to figure out who's going to be the second starting cornerback. Um, and I think that once they... I think that we thought that the secondary was going to take some time. Um, so I'm kind of... I, I think it is a B because of that. And they the defense might get there by the end of the year. So we still got a while to go. Yeah. Uh and then finally I'm kind of putting Oregon and UW together. They have uh had similar seasons. Uh they have taken care of inferior competition quite easily. They have now both had a road game that kind of makes you raise an eyebrow uh at some point. And then they're both on buys this week. And then their big tests are actually against each other uh, here in uh, two weeks in Seattle. Currently, Oregon per beta rank is the second overall team, and UW is fifth. Uh, for both of these seasons, I would probably say A-. minus. Um, Can we a- use AP rank, please? Can we trust the voters of America <laughs> Will you stop? the games? <laughs> Please, can we? What, what, what did I tell team? you? I said what we either they? do narrative ball or we do advanced stats. We are not doing okay. AP voting. <laughs> AP voting is narrative ball. <laughs> uh, UW has received more first place votes in the AP poll than Oregon has all year, by the way. One. Yeah, more than Oregon. <laughs> I never said the amount. Look, there was you... an AP voter this week that had... Oregon State ten places ahead of uh, Washington State, so I don't take any value of the AP. That's poll. their narratives. We must respect them. <laughs> okay, if you if you trust the two four seven composite, but you don't trust AP voting, you deserve your head through a spike. By the way, because it's the same shit. I only no. trust PFF. Yes, it is quite literally the same shit. <laughs> if you trust high All school free. recruiting rankings, but you don't trust the AP poll because it doesn't fit your agenda. The media has a different agenda. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I would give both these teams A-minuses. Um, 
I think it's safe to say UW is not 2019 LSU. UW fans will argue with me with that. We're five games into the season. Let's relax, Bubba. <laughs> okay. Tell your fans that, and then we'll have a conversation. <laughs> um, but, yeah, both teams have looked great. Uh, this is going – we're coming up on the first ever top 10 matchup, which seems crazy to say, but uh, it's the truth. Uh, between these two teams, um, Oregon has <clears throat> improved defensively like we hope to see. Uh, Washington's offense improved to being the best in the country. Uh, so yeah, I have them both at A minuses with their both tests coming up against each other, and will kind of um, set the table for the rest of the season. Whoever loses this game will have ground to make up. They won't control. I guess they'll control their own Dennis destiny still because they'll both play the other top team in the Pac-12 in uh, USC. Oregon gets that game at home. Washington has to go to USC. Uh, yeah. Um, USC is not the best, the other best team in the conference, by the way. Who do you have? Wazoo. Okay. Well, Oregon and Washington both get Wazoo at home, which I think both teams are very happy about this season all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Doesn't matter. Ben Arbuckle's still coming. I, yeah, I agree. I think A minuses is a, you know, fair assessment of these teams at this point. Um, like James said, both teams had like very questionable road wins that make you feel uneasy about your own team. Um, I thought that game would have happened against Michigan State, but apparently the Arizona curse is never going to go away on us. Uh, At the very minimum, you get an eyebrow raise out of that game. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm i like lowercase C concerned about UW at this point. Um, and then I'm like also concerned about Oregon. Um, what are you concerned about, Oregon? I'm cons- no, I'm concerned about like that they might be good. Oh, okay. <laughs> that my seven and five agenda might be dead in the water. So <laughs> hey, hey, there's still a path. <laughs> there is still a path. There, there is still a path to eight and four. You dub too. <laughs> there's still a path for Camp Scatterbug needs to go a little crazy. <laughs> uh, uh, what about you, Zach? Yeah, um, you kind of just have to give him an A plus. This is. They've had an underwater basket weaving class for the first uh, part of the semester. It's they've played nobody, both of these teams. So like, oh, well, I mean, the Ducks beat Colorado, which was Jeff Sarah says we have a harder strike but... schedule than Oregon. By the way, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I hate Look, you they, so much. If you compare these guys' schedules to Wazoo, it's just like it's night and day. I mean, Wazoo looks like. The Oregon and UW team. beat Wisconsin by 80 at home, by the way. <laughs> we go into Camp Randall and leave with murder charges. <laughs> Pull up UW at Oregon. <laughs> Alright, we're off track. Uh, so you said A-plus, Zach? A-plus, yeah. Anything else on the rest of the season? Uh, I hope both teams lose out. That would be so fucking funny. <laughs> well, it's impossible. We, well, yeah, but... not now. Like... Really, this this upcoming game is everything, and then both teams lose out, and then Oregon and Washington fans only talk about this game after they both go <laughs> seven and five. It's the dream. If uh, we beat you, but we finish six and six, then I get to own you. <laughs> <laughs> you lost to a six and six team. Uh, Alrighty, dude, we got some picks for this week. Yeah, so just an update on our picks. Matt is a coward, and he only picks favorites, so he is eighteen and zero. Um, Zach is sitting pretty at 17 and one. Uh, James and I are the only one not afraid to pick against our brains. <laughs> and we are both Matt, 16 f- and two. 
Matt picked Wazoo against Oregon State. After all of us picked Wazoo. <laughs> yeah, Wazoo was favored in uh, our really hearts. Were. In our Vegas. <laughs> Vegas doesn't understand us. <laughs> Vegas doesn't understand Cascadia. It's okay, though. They'll learn. Um, yeah, James is now tied with me. Um, <laughs> after he picked Arizona last week to beat UW. Cats um, almost did it. <laughs> okay. Going into next week, Wazoo is plus four at UCLA. Over under has been set at 58 and a half. 12 p.m. kickoff on Pac-12 Network. James, who are you taking? <sighs> Only two games this week. Um, I am friends, unfortunately, with an annoying UCLA fan um, who has annoyed me to the point where I believe in Duck Hoogs. I think this chaos ball that we see on defense will travel well. Uh, this will really come down to that defensive line that UCLA has versus Wazoo's offensive line. Um, and Cam Ward not turning the ball over, which I haven't seen him do yet this year. So until he does, I will pick for him not to do it. I think he has improved that much. Uh, he looks like the player that we saw at FC at the FCS level. Uh, it took him a year to kind of transition. Uh, so yeah, give me the Cougs to win outright and cover the four points. What about you, Zach? Um, look. There's no stopping this Ben Arbuckle offense, and let, let's just let's just break it down by position group. Quarterback, give me uh, give me Wazoo. Running back, give me Wazoo. O line, give me Wazoo. Receivers, give me Wazoo. That's enough. I don't even have to talk about defense. So give me Wazoo to cover. Give me Wazoo to win, and they're gonna win big. You know what happened the last time somebody did a list like that? <laughs> Don't care. It doesn't fit the narrative. They are playing Georgia. <laughs> They're playing okay. Ship Kelly. Quarterback toss-up. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to speak on both sides on the ball real quick. So, Coog's offense versus UCLA's defense. Uh, UCLA has not proven to me that they could stop a Ben Arbuckle offense at this point. No one has proved to me that they can stop or slow down Ben Arbuckle and his little gang of funny bunches. Uh, I think the Cougs score at least 40 in this game. However, UCLA, it really depends what Dante Moore we get this week. If we get the Dante yeah. Moore that we kind of saw in non-conference, someone that can make throws, his receivers help him and not drop the ball all the time, they're going to make this a really close game. However, I'm taking the Cougs to win. Um, and I'm also taking the over in this game. It's such free money at this point. <laughs> um, Matt, uh, he has abandoned all of his love and hope for the Cougs, and he is picking QCLA this week. Matt, when it's time to pick a dog, I don't think yeah. I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think I don't think UCLA should be favored in this game after their performance in Salt Lake City. Four points seems like point. too big of a spread, which seems kind of funny. But yeah. we're forgetting the massive home field advantage that they have in the Rose. Yeah, Bowl. all all thirty two hundred UCLA fans are gonna show up for the Rose Bowl and they're gonna have to tarp off like ninety percent <laughs> of the seats for this game to make it look full. Empty ass stadium. Yeah. Little ass stadium. Um moving on. Uh, we got Dubbies. They are a nine and a half favorite at Cal with an over under of fifty two and a half. This is a Pac twelve after dark game. Um, kick it off at seven p.m. on the Pac twelve network. Zach, who are you taking? 
So, if Cal lost to Arizona State, I would have been very scared of this game. But Cal beat Arizona State. So, I'm not super scared about a Justin Wilcox revenge game. Um, I think that the Beavs win. I don't think they cover. I think it's going to be pretty close. I think that the Beavs mess around in the Bay and don't play well, but win. Kind of like what Washington did with uh, Arizona last week. And I definitely hammer the under. <laughs> I'm hammering the under. Any Oregon State under under like 35 points is the most free money <laughs> of all time. Zach stole my whole flow bar for bar, word for word. Yeah, uh, the Bs are winning, but I don't think they're covering, and you got to hammer the over. Or hander the under in this game, sorry. Um, I think the under. I think a Pac-12 after dark game with Cal is just fucking weird in itself, and Cal might come out with a lot of energy that the Beavs don't expect. No shot. Um, I feel like Curse Cal is kind of dead this year. Like, Some people crazy? are trying to bring it back, by the way. The witches are working triple time in order to get <laughs> Cursed Cal back on the track. Like, they had, like, I guess Auburn, but they, like, mi- like the chance they had in that Auburn game was to make a field goal, and then they would have, like, actually won that game, and they couldn't make a field goal. And then, uh, you know, they had a chance to do some cursed shit versus Idaho, couldn't get it done, got blown out at UW late. Uh, give me Oregon State to do what they always do and blow out Cal. Okay, yeah, Matt picked Dubbies in this one. Um, Matt picked else? a dog challenge. Yeah, <laughs> Matt, don't be a coward. We love you, but, like, come on, man. Okay, that is going to wrap up what we have to talk about today. What a um, peaceful episode. Yeah, no fighting. I'm sure next week will be like that. I have no doubt in my brain the next that, two weeks. <laughs> that next week will be such a peaceful and uh, happy episode for everybody involved. James and I might kill each other. Like, <laughs> through our cameras, might <laughs> slaughter each other in the next few weeks. So if, one of, if both of us are alive by kickoff at 1230 on October 14th, then... I'm so mad. ESPN ran fail. from the grind. <laughs> yeah. The fact that you didn't get the primetime kick for that game is not okay. What channel is it on? Yes, ABC. Is that college game day? We don't know yet. It will be announced, yeah, next Saturday. Or this Saturday. I have to imagine it will be. Okay, well, thank you, everyone, for listening to our silly little podcast. Not much happening this week, but we hope you turn into the two games. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Hug your family. It's double hate week and. 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 Alright, how do I stop this shit?